Welcome to the Love Life Church podcast, and thank you for checking us out. We love God, love people, and love life, and we hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. I'm going to talk this morning about a few things, but before I do, um, I want to make sure that we remind ourselves. So remember, we are working on God's desire and heart for the world of impacting three lives. Three lives for 2020. And that's our focus. Three lives. Now, you can go beyond that. That's fine. No big deal. But the key is, is for us, each one of us, to realize our responsibility to go beyond who we normally connect with, the people that we're always, you know, around and, and things like that, and reach out to those people that you, you, you used to be. That person that didn't know Jesus or that person that, you know, was dealing with all kinds of things and didn't have the answers. Whatever the case may be, we were one of them and someone reached out to us, right? Someone did. So I'm asking you to reach out to that you, okay? Reach out. Get hold of that person. We're working towards three. That's it. Three. Three. Not 30. Not three, three, that's it. And what's so important about this is this is the heart of God. This is the reason why we're even here or why we're in this building. God's not about religion. God is about impacting this world. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, Jesus. That whosoever, one of your three, should believe in him, would have ever eternal lasting life. Isn't that amazing? And that's the key. And I'm asking everybody to, you know, commit to three people. You know, if you own a company, make three people start coming. I mean, how awesome is that? You know, tie it to a raise, whatever you need to. But believe, I guarantee you, they start coming here. They're going to be getting so good that you're going to have to give them a raise. Amen. Now, remember, just a reminder on these three, just like uh, my, my guy did for me, but he didn't have the three C's that we have, but he operated in the same principles. And the three C's are caring, coaching, connecting, caring, coaching, connecting. He cared for me. And that's what he did. He cared about me. He cared for me and reached out to me and, and continued to be that picture of, of something that I really wanted. Then he coached me. He helped me through this new walk, man. It's not something you understand. I needed a coach. And I understand the principles of the coach. And he coached me and helped me in this journey. And then he helped me get connected. Connected in the, the operation of impacting and influencing this generation. And that's what Jesus, you know, the, the Word of God specifically states that he wants every part doing their part. You are needed, you are wanted. You are needed, you are wanted. You are needed, you are wanted. We're not waiting for you to get a Bible, you know, a, a, a Bible degree. As a matter of fact, if you get one, then we're going to say we don't need you. But we do need you to get connected. Amen. It's so important. I have another thing that I'm, uh, I'm actually, you know, my oldest son will be doing, but we're going to create a video called I Am Love Life. I Am Love Life. This is going to be sweet. I just want to do this because it just was cool. But this is what you're going to do. I Am Love Life. That's the sentence you're going to do when you make a video of yourself up to three seconds, because I counted going, I am love life. That took three seconds. You're not going to talk that way. So what you're going to do is you're going to come up with whatever, and you're going to take it with your phone or iPad or whatever, and you're going to make that little three-second or less video of you saying, I am love life. It could be when you're working out. It could be when you're eating. It could be when you're taking care of whatever. I don't care, honestly. But it's up to you to be creative in this if you want to be. Or you can just look at it and go, I am love life. That's fine. But I, I'm expecting to see some cool things out of this. Because you're going to be your own producer. 
You're the actor, you're the producer, you know, you, you're doing the whole thing, all right? Isn't this going to be cool? And we're expecting just a ton of them coming in, and then we're going to make this, this, this beautiful video, you know, that's called I Am Love Life. Isn't it? Don't you guys like this? All right, I'm going to do one. I know, I know my family's going to do one, so it's going to be awesome. But it is. I am love life. It's not, listen, this way, don't get husband and wife go, we are. That's not it. You won't make the cut. I am. I am. Amen? Because uh, literally, this is what it's about. I am love life. Okay? You got that? I know we, but that's not this video. I'll, take, I'll do a we one later. Next, this is the next thing. This was so much on my heart. And oh my gosh, over the years, I, I've, I've received letters, um, either a real letter. I, I know most of you don't really know what that is, but real letters and emails on just amazing things that have happened in people's lives, even healings and things like that since they've been a part of Love Life. Just some beautiful, beautiful testimonies of God doing great things. And I mean, some beautiful, one, beautiful ones. We've, we've received so many over the years, but it, it's, it's never, there's never been something where I've been able to have all the different information from a lot of people that would like to, but just to be able to not only read for me personally, but for it to be something that I can even share with people, share with us during a message. There might be something that you wrote uh, of being impacted in a specific time. Something happened, uh, a place in your life. And I'd be able to, and I don't necessarily have to, you know, name you. Um, I'd ask your, you know, permission to do that. Uh, And I won't embarrass you or anything, but it's just beautiful to hear testimony. It's beautiful to hear God doing things in people's lives, you know? A lot of times I can, I can make a list of, of God's goodness and, and miracles and, and so on and so forth, but you know what a lot of people will do? You know, it, it, it's, it's almost like, yeah, okay, pastor, because it's, it's your pastor, and they almost write it off like, well, it should happen to you. You don't know what I'm saying. In other words, there's, there's that you're more spiritual than I am. And, and I'm telling you, that's not the case. For each and every one of you, God loves you greatly. And there isn't anybody defined higher than that. Everybody's the same. God loves you greatly. So what I would like is, is you write me that, email me that letter. Write and let me know what God has done in your life. And so there's no timetable on that. I just want people to do this and share. And I, I believe it's be special. And then out of some of these, we're going to um, do a video with you sharing that testimony. And I think that's going to be very powerful. Why are we doing this? Because there's people in here and people that will come in the future that need to hear your story. And that's a fact. I need to hear your story. Amen. I need to hear it. I need to hear that this thing's working. I know it is, but I need to hear it, amen? So what you're gonna do is you're going to email it. Your videos will go to lovelifechurchvids at gmail.com. Lovelifechurchvids, V-I-D-S, at gmail.com. Lovelifechurchvids at gmail.com. So you'll send your little video to that one. You got that? All right. All right, and then um, my story at lovelifechurch.com. My story at lovelifechurch.com. All right, you guys got that? All right, that's gonna be awesome. And, and again, it's a story. It can be a story about your family, a marriage, kids, whatever. You personally, it could be about you know, healing. I, I don't know. Just, we want the story. We want the story, amen? And, and I believe it's gonna help you because what I know for sure in scripture is that there is an important part in your walk in the ability to stay focused in your walk is to not forget what God has done in your past. We call them the fragments. 
the fragments. And just then, a, you know, a short breakdown of that message, it's about the disciples forgetting the miracle they are a part of. And because they forgot the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000, they were a part of that. Because they forgot it, the next step was they had a confrontation with the religious leaders. And in that, Jesus was warning them, and they missed the whole concept of what was going on. And Jesus said to them, did you forget the fragments? Because they were lost. They were like, what's going on? I don't know. He actually said this. In front of the Pharisees, who are very evil, religious people, evil, he said, beware of them. Beware of their religion. Beware of their legalism. Beware. They're like, and this is the key. He said, they're, they're like leaven. And the disciples were like, was he talking about the bread? He's talking about the fragments because, see, they had leftovers from the miracle. And this is what happens when you forget about God's goodness. You get sort of dumb. Amen. So let's remind ourselves always how good God is. Everybody got that? All right. My story, lovelifechurch.com. Turn your Bibles to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. And we're going to look at verse 23. Mark 4, 23. And this is, this is a beautiful, beautiful uh, parable that Jesus connects to the most important parable that all of us must get hold of. We must understand this one. And the reason why it is so important is he said so. Secondly, the foundation of this parable is mandatory to understand the rest of spiritual truths that God has for us. And, it, and once you read this and the teaching behind it, you, you get it. It makes sense. And that's what's the key to success is these things making sense. Amen. Where we start going, OK, I got this. I got this. And I want to bring it in that manner to where you're, you're done today and you go, I got this. This is good stuff. Okay, Mark chapter four, verse 23 through 26. Take heed to what you hear. With the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. To you who hear, more will be given. For whoever has, to him more will be given. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. The kingdom of God is is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. Take heed what you hear. With the same measure you use to receive it, it will be measured to you. What he's talking about, he's talking about how you hear. He's saying the heart and attitude of how you hear, that measurement of what's taking place will be the measurement of what you receive. It's the common sense principle of this is, is you go to a class, go to a course that you specifically want to learn in. You go through elementary school and go into high school. The concept is, is you've got all these classes and some of them you could care less about being in. Sometimes you got a mindset of, I could care less being in school. But the truth of the matter is, is everything is necessary as far as the basics of understanding. So you go through elementary, you go through high school, and then if you choose to, you can go into college, trade school, whatever. But the point is this. What you receive out of it is entirely based upon what you put into it as far as how you hear. How you hear. Not, not the information, but how you hear. Because you all hearing the same information, right? Information doesn't change you. The truth doesn't change you. What changes you is you. So if you're receiving that information with an attitude of, I want this. That then has the ability to go greater and further than if you're just listening to information. Everybody in here, listen, set church aside, y'all going, it's true, it's true. Because we can talk about any type of subject, but once it hits a subject to what you love, all of a sudden you get a little closer. You get a little more. What, what, what do you say? 
You know, it'd be like if I said Dallas Cowboys, everybody would like go, whatever, I'm going to bed. Right? Ain't that true? Yeah, we know. We know how we roll here. All right. But, but, do, you, but do you hear what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, we might have two people do this. <laughs> but, you know, not everybody goes to heaven. All right, move around. <laughs> you know I mess around with that. All right. So look what he says. He says, pay attention. And then he also says, you got to be careful what you're listening to. We just don't want to listen to anything or everything. We want to pay attention to what we're listening to. And that's what we want. We want to hear, have ears to hear. The ears to hear are not just these things. It's the attitude of how we hear. It, this is a priority for your success and what Jesus wants for your life. I'm moving into uh, an area where he said, this is going to be the most important parable to get hold of. He says, you can't, if you can't get hold of this information, you can't understand anything else. And then he lays it down. He throws it down so simple, and it's like anybody can get that. And then that is how you can describe the Father. Because Jesus said, everything I say comes from the Father. We look at it as Jesus, 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 Jesus. I look at it as, and hopefully a lot of you are now, God, 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 God. Because that's exactly what he said. He said, I don't say, I don't do anything other than what the Father is saying and doing. When you see Jesus, you do see the Father. That's out of the mouth of Jesus himself. He who sees me sees the Father. Why is that important? Why is that a priority? Because when you look at the beginning and you continue in eternity, it's the, 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 the picture of this whole thing is God the Father. There's God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Those three are one. But ultimately, the picture that God chose is that picture of Father over creation, over his people. And so we have the tendency to have a negative view of that. All you have to do is look at society, especially in the United States. I, I, I looked at this, this statistic. This was years ago. I don't know what it is now, but I would probably say it's close to the same. But when you, they took a statistic over all these prisons all over the United States, and they, and they, they looked at how many Mother's Day cards went out from those that were in prison. And, and it was in the upper 90s. And how many Father's Day cards went out? It was 1%. Isn't that interesting? The view of the father. Now, most people, especially a lot of people in prison, could say, I didn't have one, or my father was this way. And, and no one's you know, arguing that point. But the point is, is when, it look, when you look at the history of our world, and you look at the importance of the family, the father plays a very number one strong role. Because all you have to do is, you know, without getting weird, all you have to do is look at statistics. And statistics back up the nature of a people. And so you can look at these things, you see, you know, the, the dangers and, and the negative effect. That doesn't, that doesn't make a woman or a wife negative or lower than. That has zero to do with it. They're just an important part of the Father. But here Jesus was saying to people, telling us all, he says, I'm going to lay down a, a spiritual truth that is a natural principle of life that you have to get hold of. Now, he's going to lay, lay it down in a, father, a, a, a farmer sow seed. But the thing that we have to look at is the teaching behind what, the, what he's doing. Because he's going to give us information that is, helps us in our walk. Every day, and that's what I want you to have, information that will help you daily, empowered daily to overcome. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if you don't control this, it'll take you places you don't want to go to. Right. Right. Now, you can excuse reason all you want, but I'm telling you right now, God himself, scripturally, in the Bible, many times said, take your thoughts captive. Yeah. Be careful how you think. Be careful what you're thinking. 
I'm just saying what the Bible says, okay? So don't get mad at me. So he, he, look at this. He said, have ears to hear. We got to have, if you look at this, let me see. Verse 25, it says, for whoever has, to him more will be given. Has what would be hearing ears. For, ear, for those people that have hearing ears, and in the Greek language, it's continuing to hear. Amen? Continuing to hear. Continuing to hear. He who has ears to hear, continue to hear. And that is what God's wanting for each and every one of you. All right? All of us. We're going to look at the parable, verse 13. He tells the disciples, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? Now, parable is a word that's, it's a compound of parabole, and it means to throw down and be beside, throw down and be beside. And what a parable does, it throws down a spiritual truth and makes a natural relevant in the spiritual truth. And that's what a parable is. So God is taking spiritual information and bring it to a place so we can get it. Where we go, okay, I'm familiar with that. And if you notice when he talks, he doesn't talk about something that is not relevant all over the world. Like, if he brought up a parable that was only relevant in the North Pole, it wouldn't work most of the world, would it? No, just people that, you know, lived in Iceland or something. Or, you know, in, in the deeper areas of Alaska, they'd be going, oh, I get it. But the rest of the world wouldn't understand it because it's not relevant. But everything else in here, everything he talks about is relevant to the world. That's pretty powerful, right? Okay, so he says, you need to understand this parable. Verse 14, the sower sows the word. The what? Sower sows the word. Now, what is he doing? He's answering the question that they had of what does this mean? What he did in the first place is says, he said this, a farmer sows seed to the ground. And he goes through this process of telling them this parable. They ask him, what does this mean? I don't get it. He now says, here's what it means. The sower sows the word. The farmer plants seed. Do you get this? All right. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones by the wayside, the outside of the field. When they hear... Satan comes immediately. Everybody say immediately. immediately. Satan comes immediately, takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. Does what? Takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. When they hear, Satan comes immediately, takes away the word that was sown. So what we're doing is, is he's sharing this. The word of God is seed. It gets sown out into the field, our lives. That seed now has the ability to produce because that's what seed does. It has the ability to produce. And according to God's word, all God's seed is good seed. Okay? All God's word is good word. So the production of the seed is always going to be good. That's what we have to look at. Everything seed planted is going to produce good. Not bad, not evil, not ugly, not mean, good. Everybody got that? God's seed is good. Good God, good seed. Everybody got that? All right, here we go. These are the ones on the wayside the world where, where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan comes immediately, takes away the word of sown in the hearts. Verse 16, these likewise are one sown on stony grounds, who when they hear the word, immediately. Notice the first one, because the second ground, the third ground, and the fourth ground, all are going to state, hear the word. Each one, except the first one. Isn't this interesting? God left out 
word in the first seed. There's a reason behind it. These are likewise ones sown on stony ground who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with gladness. They have no root in themselves. And so endure, endure only for a time afterward when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they stumble. And these are ones sown among thorns. They are the ones who hear the word and then the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things Entering in, choke the word. And then it becomes unfruitful. And these are ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept the word, and do the word, bearing 30, 30 60, 100 fold. Hear, accept, do. Are you guys listening? We don't just hear the word. We do the word. We don't just see vision. We do vision. If you want to have success, you're going to have to go to that next level. All right? That's every area of life. I'm sure there are areas in your life that you're doing that. So feel good about yourself. There's areas in your life you're not doing that. Change. All right? It, listen, a lot of our bad habits, a lot of things that we look at we're not happy with didn't happen overnight. Neither are they going to go away overnight. That's fake Christianese. We, we wave the Christian wand over you and boom, you're all better. Everything's better. That is not true. That's why a lot of Christians, a lot of, of, of people that attend church ultimately go from it because of these false expectations and, and these false beliefs in the word of God that, that God doesn't state, but they believe it to be true. And it doesn't happen, doesn't work. So they feel what? They get offended. They get offended at God. They get mad. Throw a fit. Run away. Happens all the time. But it's because they have a wrong picture of what God really says. According to what I see in the world, nothing you plant comes up right away. Nothing. It's a process of time. And then there's elements and different things can affect it. But ultimately, the act of the seed is to produce. Never get weary in doing good. For in due season, everybody say due season. Most of us quit. We're going, next week will be the week when pretty much 87, 88% of everybody that New Year's resolutions are, they're done, they're quit. Like, okay, I gave it a shot. That's the way it's going to be. And remember I said last week, it's in the nature of people to quit. If you look at any statistic, no matter how far you go back, it's going to be the same thing. People fail on resolutions. People fail on goals high percentage, very small percentage end up being successful at what they're wanting to do. Very small. What does that tell you? That we're all losers? I mean, listen, what's it tell you? This is the reason why I give the statistic. The reason why I'm showing you this is I want you to see in, in the nature of who you are, the tendency will be to quit. Are you guys hearing me? So what does that mean? First and foremost, it's not a statement of guilt or condemnation. It's a statement of realization. That's Ooh, that's good. Because yeah. if you don't realize that, I'm going to tell you what you do. I'm just a loser. I quit and I'm no good and I'll never. And, I, and I'm always going to be this way. I'm telling you that is an out and out lie of who you really are. To the nature that you have. Because what you're telling me, by making that comment, which is ridiculous, that it is impossible for anybody to change. Impossible. And I'm trying to tell you that everything about change is 100% possible. But we have a nature, this nature, this, this, this being that has been brought up in this, this planet that literally would rather say, all right, I'm done, I quit. I'm just gonna keep doing what I've always done. 
It's so much easier that way, but you don't understand. You created it through the process that's necessary for the new you. Repetition. You kept doing the same thing over and over and over. You had to fight through it, fight and continue to do it. Everybody in here, whatever you're doing that you look at as a bad habit, you were successful in your attitude to make it happen. You just didn't know it was a bad habit. Everybody was smoking. Everybody was drinking. Everybody was, you know, going to the third time through the buffet line. Everybody. This is what everybody does. Everybody. Everybody eats their tamales with, you know, 95% lard. Everybody. No, this is, see, you, I don't think you get it. It's, it's how we're raised, what we're being taught, and the results of how we're raised and what we're being taught. And if you notice that, wow, my family's pretty overweight all the time. All you have to do is look at how were you raised and how you were taught. Because I've been there, done that. I know what it is to go. But I love the taste. This, this organic and this tofu, man, just don't have taste. Right? You got, do you guys agree with me or not? But you know what? That's the con. Because if you go to pure life and go to pure food, pure fruit, pure meat, and you start off that way, I can tell you, I can tell you right now, all this other crap, I mean, all this other stuff will be disgusting to you. You know why? Because all the chemicals, all the different things they put into it, I'm telling you, all of it, it'll, you'll go, guy, what is wrong with this food? I know people, I personally know people that they, they only eat the game they hunt. And they, they, they eat regular meat and it disgusts them. We, if we're used to eating, you know, store-bought stuff, we taste that. We're going, oh, gamey, gamey. It's, it's all a con. I'm telling you right now. We're, we're living the way we've been always used to eating, way we always, always used to be talking, way we always used to be thinking, way we always, always, way we always, are you guys hearing? So the tendency is, is that's something we're used to, that's something, but it's not the right life for you today. You're bigger and better than that. Yeah. Amen? Amen. My family, my wife and I have went through the process of eliminating different foods. And I can tell you right now, there are many fast food restaurants that I can't eat at anymore that I used to, I could live eating those places. I could. But right now, I can't, and I've tried it. Because we're not legalistic. If we have to get something, if we're, you know, traveling or on vacation or whatever, you know, we're, we're hungry and everything. All right, let's stop at Burger King or let's stop it here. And the, I'm telling you, I eat that and it's yucky. And then I reflect to my days of, of creating bad habits. And then I think, Wow. I remember the time going, I love the taste of beer, alcohol, of, you know, whatever. I just love the taste of it. That's a, that's a stinking lie. At this point I do, but my first taste, oh my gosh. And there is no one in here that can deny that once they tasted alcohol, they went, God, get this away from me. It started when you're, with your kid when your mom brought that NyQuil in front of you. You know why? It's not because of anything in there other than alcohol. That first drink, no one in here. You'd be out and out lying if you said this. But no one in here took alcohol for the first time, put it in the mouth, drunk it, and went, oh, this is good. Oh, give me some more. Give me some more. No one in here. No one. First cigarette. No one took that cigarette and went, Oh, give me, I'll just smoke a pack right now. No one, not one person. You choked, you coughed, you went, oh my gosh, but you forced it. No one, I'll go to the chewers now. No one stuck that, you know, you know I'm telling the truth. None of you stuck that thing in your lip and went, mm. no, you not only couldn't stand it, but you spit. 
But a real chewer, if you're a real chewer, you don't spit. Yeah, that's disgusting. It made me puke my guts out. That thing went down in my stomach. Yeah, I chewed. I chewed the lip stuff. I chewed the big stuff. I played baseball. You know, that, back in that day, you know. Okay, boomer. Back in that day, <laughs> that's what the ball players do. You know, I, I love chewing sunflower seeds. Man, sunflower seeds, I love some. I put a big old thing, big old lot of sunflower seeds. Man, I, and then seeing the chewers on TV, those are my idols. So I want to do what they do. So all it takes is one fool to start it. And then to look to the other fool and go, you want to try? Oh, man. But I want to be like them. I want to be like them. And so you force it. You force it. And so I chewed for a while. Ultimately, I go, you know what? I don't like the chew thing. I just really got to the place where this is too disgusting, you know. The drinking, same way. Ultimately, I, I had to come to the conclusion that this ain't part of me anymore. Oh, believe me, beer tasted the same. I didn't become a Christian and go, oh, this tastes terrible. Actually, it probably tasted better. I'm telling you. But I had to come to the conclusion, is this what I want? Is this my new life? See, I, listen, this is what we can do. We can make excuses and reasons of why we need to stay on this track of, well, but I like it. I like the taste. I like this. And fight for it. And we can do that. Or we can realize, you know what? It doesn't belong to me no more. And fight for the new habit. It's not easy. But you can do it. Everybody in here, you can. We're going, getting through January, and we're moving to February. Fit for life is going to help you. Some of you are finding out this fasting thing is not easy. This is hard. Some of you, you already quit. Some of you are going, I'm just going to go, yeah, fasting. I haven't done one day. <laughs> Whatever. You know, you're, you're spiritual. Fasting, fasting, he's the man. Let's get fat. All right. But the point is, is this. Why, was, why is it so difficult? Well, number one is, is you're not used to doing it. That's it. You're not used to doing it. See, I, I don't play Christianese with anything. I won't do it. And I know people fight for the right to do this stuff, but I won't, I won't get spiritual on fasting. I can tell you right now, fasting in its benefit is when you live a fasted life. In other words, you always do it. But to do it once a year, it's hard, it's difficult, and most of the time, you're not engaging in the full benefit of what fasting, in the sense of fasting biblically, will do for you at all. But the key is, is to realize, listen, I want to do something to prove that I can do something. And that's what I think is the greatest benefit from the fasting is, is that you're saying, this is not easy, it's very difficult, but I'm showing myself I'm in control. That's the power of it. If you bring this into a spiritual thing, this, that's just Christianese. Because y'all ain't becoming more spiritual now that you fasted four times or five. You're not. There isn't a deeper insight that God's going to share with you. That's Christianese. It's not true. I can tell you this, though, is if you engage in a life that's consistent in the area of fasting, you're going to go to a different level personally in your connection. Now, can I say that's the highest level? No, I won't say that because I don't fast all the time. Rare fasting. But I don't see God in his word declaring to me that this is something I have to do in my new covenant at all. You guys hear what I'm saying? Uh, listen, through medical science, fasting's good for you. So anything God has is able to do, participate in, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to help you. We're doing something right now. It's called intermediate fasting in a specific type of, of, of food that we're taking part in. All right? That's a long way of saying a, a diet. 
I just, <laughs> but I don't, I, I, I just don't get into diet because I don't diet. I connect to eating food for life. The word diet is so, it, it's, it's, it just carries a negative to it. But believe me, I, I think what we're doing is awesome. But it involves, you know, this process time of a fast up to 11 o'clock. And then, you know, you can eat. And it's not like eating bird food. I mean, you can eat good. But it's something I believe it's, it's really, it's, it's helping. It's good. But I, I believe it's, it's, yeah, there's the benefit of not eating sugars and carbs. But the benefit of the fast is very interesting of how your body reacts to it. That's pretty powerful. I just, I, I'm not trying to sell you anything or to promote something. I'm just telling you what we're doing. And now we're going to go into Fit for Life. And Fit for Life is, is an awesome time because this is something where you're going to really, again, it's going to show you about control in your life because we're eliminating junk food. That's simple. Well, I mean, it's simple because you can still eat. You're not eating like just, you know, broccoli and tofu. All right. So you're eating, but you're not eating junk food. You're not eating pies, cakes, cookies, and sodas, you know, drinking soda. All that stuff doesn't do anything beneficial to your life at all. Tastes good, but it will not help you. It won't. Y'all know what I'm saying. I want us to look just real quickly. I want to look at the, in, in what I just read, I want to look at the seven truths about seed. Just real quickly. Seeding is a spiritual natural law. Okay, it'll never end. As long as we have an earth, it'll never end. Okay, so seed and planting and harvest, it's a principle. So sowing seed is a principle, amen? Genesis 8.22. Seed is God's word. Luke 8.11, your word is seed. Okay, everything about God's word is a seed. See, this will all make sense in a little bit. I mean, it's powerful. Number three, God gives seed. 2 Corinthians 9.10, God is the one who gives seed. The devil steals seed. Mark 4.15, we just read that. The devil steals seed. Number five, we plant seed. Mark 4.14. Now, everything about this are truths. These are unchangeable truths. Everything I said right now, is a truth. I don't care where you're at hearing this. If I was in Africa or if I was in Cambodia or if I was in Guatemala right now, if I'm saying this, it's relating to them because it's a spiritual principle, a natural truth. All right. Number six, seed never changes. First Peter 1 23. And that, that's very important to understand because God's word is good. Seed never changes. His seed, his word is always good. It'll never change. It'll always be good. Always be good. The seventh one is only changing. Ground receives seed. And as we notice, that's the only thing that can change or hinder seed. All the other ones are truths that cannot be changed or it, it's the truth. Now, you might be saying, well, wait a minute. It says that we plant seed. Well, if I don't plant seed, well, then you would have to stop speaking completely. Because just because you speak, you are planting seed. We're not talking Bible. We're talking life. We're not talking Christianity. We're talking life. We're not talking religion. We're talking life. Everything I'm teaching out of this Bible is for life. If you can get hold of that, you can get hold of life. Everybody got that? You need to understand this. This is about life. It's not about church. It's not about Christianity. It's about life. When you look at it correctly, you'll understand how this will impact your life. Religiously, churchly, all these other lees. I'm telling you, it's a way where you make it irrelevant this isn't, this isn't work for me. This isn't right. This isn't, this is, you know, this is, you know, messing with my style. This, all these different reasons why this is not for you cannot be held in your life when you see it's about life and you're taught in that manner. 
because it is relevant to Monday morning. Religion isn't. Christianese, how we look at this in a religious fashion, it's not relevant. But it is life. Amen? So ground receives seed and it must be planted. Now, look at Mark 4, 15. These are ones sown on the wayside. Outside of the plant, outside of the field, it's the most trampled on area. All right? Go to any field and you're going to see where the farmer drives. You're going to see where people walk. Take a shovel and stick it in that ground. And what's going to happen? It's going to be hard, right? Get a little bit further into the field, it'll be what? Softer, right? But there is the hard ground, correct? Hard ground. Everybody got that? All right, hard ground. Hard granite ground, compacted soil is something you have to look at. In the picture, what he's saying is, these are where people walk. Not just one person. This is where people walk. This is where the wagon and the horse are walking. This is where people walk. When you start seeing it this way, you start seeing, okay, dealing with my heart, what creates a hard ground? Words come from seed like this. They land on hard ground, which is reference to hard heart, ground, hard heart. We're talking about hearts, ground, hard heart. What creates a hard heart? Well, we have to go to Scripture. And when you look at what creates a hard heart, it's the, it's the choice of a person that determines that this is not acceptable to them. Where'd they get that? From other people. Everywhere you see, it starts with groups of people. I don't believe in this church stuff. I don't believe in this Christianity stuff. I don't believe in this God stuff. Because when you're born on this earth... No one had a hard heart. No one. No one had a hard heart. It had to be compacted by others, which you engage in and start hardening it yourself. You look at the Old Testament, you'll see stories of the the people of Israel. And this Hebrew nation would accept God by the leader and the people accepting it, or they deny God by the leader and the people not accepting it. There would be times when the leader accepted it and most of the people wouldn't accept it. What would happen? Their hard hearts would stop them. God never stops no one. Never. He's never going to stop you from entering into the good land, the good life. Never. God is going to show you the way and walk that way with you. But when it comes down to not being able to get into what God's promised, it's all on you. All on you. And that hard heart robs. That's why it said there was elimination of hear the word. They just said hear. Why? People come into church. I've been doing this for a while now. People come to church and they're just coming. Some are with their families, some are whatever, sleeping, it doesn't matter. But no, they're coming. They're not even hearing the word. They are hearing, but they're not hearing anything. And that gets stolen instantly. I know that. I know that in my own life, even as a, a Christian walking in this life, and I chose not to receive something. I heard something, and I didn't like what I heard. Maybe it was saying, you need to change in this area. And I was like going, I don't feel like changing. But I could show this side as, I do God's word. But this side, I don't feel like it. And once I did that choice, the devil comes and steals it. There's no ability to walk in it any longer because it's gone. Boop, takes it away. So I'm hurt by it. How'd I get hurt? Because the devil, no. I chose. I chose. And we don't like that. We want to blame the devil. It's easier. The devil. We want to blame our spouse. Blame the kids. Nope. I don't care what you're dealing with. It's you. 
There's no other scripture you'll ever see anything that'll back up. I'll go to God and he'll say, okay, because it was all their fault. Nowhere. You need to deal with you and understand the power you have because of that. Because if you think it's based upon someone else, well, then you actually aren't living life. You're just existing through someone else's life. That's not how God created you. You're created in his image and his likeness, which is pretty cool. All right. Next, we have verse 16. Stony ground are emotional hearers. Stony ground are emotional hearers. That means the root wasn't deep, it says. If you look at that, it says, these like were stone on stony ground, whose when they heard the word, immediately received the gladness, and they have no root in themselves. There wasn't that maturity of root being able to get deep in the ground. When they're rocking the fields, you can go out, you know, in an area of a field, you'll find out there are areas where rocks, or you can look at different areas where there's concrete, and things will grow. Man, you can't stop a seed from growing. It's so awesome. But you can pull that thing right out. I wish all weeds grew that way. They grew under rock and concrete. But they don't. And those weeds are so demonic that if you rip them out wrong, they just, the weed stay, the root stays there. And they come back. Ooh, I'll come back later. I don't care. Stinking weeds. But here it says what? You hear emotionally the word of God. Oh, that sounds so good. Oh, that's awesome. I'm going to get a life change. Break out. Yeah. Woo, woo, woo. Right? Why? Because you're hearing something good. How can you not get emotional if you're hearing the real word of God? I cannot tell you that you ain't going to come in here and not get emotional. We're all going to get emotional for this. This is good stuff. You're like smiling, happy, you know, sometimes it's whatever. But the point is, it will be emotional because we are emotional. Right? Or you're emotional. I'm not. But do you guys hear what I'm saying? But the key is, is this. Their receiving of it is emotional. That's it. It stops there. I'm hearing, I'm getting emotional, but my receiving is an emotional. How do I change that? I understand that just because I'm hearing something good doesn't mean it's going to be simple. Hello? I hear something good doesn't mean it's going to be simple. And when we're emotional, we go, Oh, Pastor said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we run out there and going, I can do everything. All of a sudden you fall flat on your face and you're like going, it didn't work. <laughs> it didn't work. That is stony ground. Because if you have root, you're going to fall down. And you're going to go, that hurt. Okay, let's get back up. Go. Hello? So it says, we're, because we don't have root, when Tribulation, persecution, attacks. The, the Greek word is flip, flipsis and means attacks all around us. It's going to come. Jesus said, hey, it's going to come. It's going to come. So it says here, when the pressure, oh, um, remember when Jesus said, let me share with you a wise man or woman. A wise man or woman will build their house on a strong foundation. They won't build it on sand. They're going to build it on rock. And he says this. You build it on a rock, you build it on a sand, and he makes this comment. The rains come, the floods rise, and the wind happens. On which one? Both. One on the foundation of a strong house. I love Jesus and I'm following his life and teachings. Or on sand. I love Jesus and I'm limited in what I follow him, but, um, you know, I'm doing my best and, you know, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Bumper stickers, Christian t-shirts. Hallelujah. How you doing, brother? Oh, praise the Lord. Bless, bless, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, blessed. Highly favored of the Lord. How are you? Oh, me, I'm doing good. I'm blessed. Prospering in everything I do. I'm not saying those are wrong confessions. I'm saying that's goofy. Because you don't do that in anything else you believe in. Oh, hallelujah, brother. Cardinals, I love the cardinals. They're all the way. Cardinals are are part of my life. Cardinals. Have a good cardinal day. 
Why don't you do that? Yeah, exactly. Because we don't do that. We don't do that because that's crazy. It just, this religious Christianese stuff is, oh my gosh, please. Please. Amen. Please. All right. Thank you, Jesus. And these are ones sown among thorns. They're the ones that hear the word and the cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desire for other things come and choke the word. Now, getting back to the other one, the rocky soil, why did they not make it? The Bible says that they became offended. All right. They became offended. And you know what they got offended at? The word. The word. That's so important to understand is because what we're doing is, is we're receiving instruction from God's word. And sometimes we're going to have a battle. Sometimes there's going to be a fight. Sometimes things are going to be delayed. Sometimes things take a little longer, but we don't stop the fight. We don't quit the fight. What happens is if we receive it emotional, we have an ability to go, it don't work. I tithe for two weeks and it didn't work. And we do that. We literally get where we're demanding something, we're actually becoming God's God, and we're demanding him to do what we want. And if it doesn't happen, then we throw a fit. And we get offended. We get mad. We get mad at church. We get mad at God. And listen, I'll be the first to tell you, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. You know why? Because a lot of churches for forever have been teaching a religious message. And religion doesn't work. And so it's going to cause people to get mad, throw a fit, get offended. So I get it when people are going, church, I don't want to go to church. I get it. And I want you to get it. Because I don't want you to go in front of people and act like we're a normal church. I don't want you to be that. I want you to talk to people when they go, I hate religion. Go, yo, I do too. They're going to go, what? No, I just agree with you. I hate religion. Yeah, but I thought you were going to church. I am. Well, what do you mean? I mean, that doesn't make sense. And see, that's what's going to happen. And then, yeah, but this, believe, they do this and they do this. Not my church. Nah. Nah. You, you, you didn't go the right one. That's all. That's all you do. You didn't go the right one. Listen, I know what I'm talking about because I've been that person. I've been through this journey. The church journey, the charisma, emotionalism journey, the Christianese journey, the Bible college journey, the, the you know, all faith journey and the all this journey. I've been there, done that. And I'm just done with it, done with it. I just want life. That's it. I want a life that equates to a better father, better mom, better husband, better wife, better employee, better employer. A life with expecting good things. Nice vacations, nice homes, cars. But also, I want to impact this world. Because this stuff, what I have, isn't that stuff. It isn't. And I want them to hear my stuff. Because this thing transcends culture. Religion doesn't. You look through the process of religion, it's filled with, it's, it's filled with embarrassing things. But the truth of God's word isn't. It's filled with hope, filled with love, filled with expectancy, faith, belief, healing, wholeness, deliverance, freedom, peace. This is what this does. And this is what we must have and we must do. Jesus said, this stuff's all going to come. You're going to get, you're going to have an opportunity to be offended. This, this culture is, is almost like they wear offended badges. I mean, super sensitive. And there's so many different things you can look at of a personality that gets offended. You can look at authority. People get offended at authority. Familiarity. People get offended at familiarity. That's a danger in houses and homes and in, 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 in your family. Familiarity. And in that familiarity, we can get offended with one another. It happened in the Jesus time. Wow, look, miracles, signs, wonders. This guy's got God's word coming out of his mouth. Wait a minute, that's Joseph's son. He built my table. And they get offended. Is that crazy? 
I mean, Jesus be casting out devils and healing people, and they're like going, woo, woo, woo. Wait a minute. That's Joseph. That's a carpenter's son. I don't believe in this. That's crazy, huh? We can all do that. We lose sight of the power, the impact, the influence of what God's doing. And one moment we sit there and go, nah, that don't matter. No. The offense, Matt, is the key of not mattering. So you can choose to accept it or choose not to accept it. You don't know how many Christians I've dealt with that have ruined their lives and their health for offense. It's crazy. It's crazy how an offended person thinks. It doesn't make sense. But with them, they're in such deception and trapped by the enemy, they cannot see it. They won't see it. And they'll fight for the right to be destroyed with an offense. I know this way. You can have attended offenses toward you. I'm a pastor. I know what that is. People for years intend to offend me. Guess what? I choose not to buy into your offense. In my choice. So I ain't picking it up. So you can get offended at me. All you want. But it ain't coming in this house. It ain't happening. Or the unintended offense. And the unintended offense is you didn't mean it. Why the heck would I pick it up then? That's what a fool would do. So I ain't going to do it. I'm not going to touch it. It was unintended. Let it go. Don't pick it up. An offense is only by choice. Are you guys hearing? What we need to do, and this is a psychological term, metacognition. I believe this is one of the most important. I know it's a scientific understood term, and it literally helps people have success in their lives. And what metacognition means is this. You think about what you're thinking. That's it. You think about what you're thinking. So ultimately, you're slowing down your life and going, wait a minute, why am I thinking that way? Take every thought, you're going to find every spiritual truth before psychology or psychiatry figures it out. But everything God's word will be revealed first, and then it takes us, you know, the human beings, a long time to figure this thing out. What we have to do is we have to realize God's word will set us free. It'll help us. But when it comes to these things that bind and trap us to the enemy, we can't allow this to happen. We can't allow our lives to live in an offense when there's nothing good about it. It destroys you. It doesn't destroy the other person. And even Jesus warns people that take up offenses and try to give it to other people warns them. He says in Greek language, danger, danger, danger to those. What are you going to do? Misery loves company. And offended people are always going to look for a toilet. Oh, I define some people, not in here, you know, the friends out there. I'm telling you right now, don't take them on offense of someone else. Because I'm telling you right now, the Bible's very clear. It's scandalon, which means entrap. You're stuck in a trap. You can't get out. You're stuck. You want freedom? You can't live freedom in an offense. Break free from it. I've watched offended people not even be able to talk to the person they're offended at. They, they get to the place where they're so convinced and deceived in their offense that they don't even want to be free from it. It's scary. This stuff's weird. But it's something we can be free from. Amen? Amen? Amen. Jesus said, offenses come, tribulation, persecution arises, it'll come. But what he knows for us is this. We can overcome. We can win. We can have success. Are you guys willing for that? I know I am. This is my breakout year. How about you? Is this your breakout year or not? All right. Now, right now, not later, right now. Amen. Right now, right now. Just put rat now, right now. It's all good. Right now. My breakout year, right now.
Thanks again for listening. To hear more encouraging messages just like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you loved what you received, please consider rating it and sharing it with your friends and family. For more information about Love Life and getting connected with us, go to lovelife.church. We love you and are believing God's best for you.